Hello and welcome back to the Rotten Bananas podcast. And in today's episode, we will be doing doing a film critique on Into the Wild. Into the Wild is about a young graduate, Christopher McCandless, who completely decides to um, renounce society mm-hmm. and get rid of all of his identification, money, possessions, everything. And he decides to hitchhike across the US. Um, his big goal is to get to Alaska um, and live alone in his solidarity. And during his journey, he meets different people, learns different life lessons. Um, yeah, it's directed by Sean Penn um, and made in 2007. It was a reflection back in like 1990 to 1992. That was his journey, kind of, and it's yeah. based uh, from a real life story. And I think there's mm. also a book about it as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, our initial reactions. I feel like for this type of a movie, there's a risk for it to be a bit sort of ongoing and maybe awesome. And like, you know, I, I found this movie to be slow paced. But um, I didn't find it to be boring. Like, it kept my interest and the pacing of the film matched its story and message. And um, I, I liked how how the film was structured because um, they kept flipping back in time between when he was alone in Alaska and his journey. And also it was compartmentalised into these different, like, chapters. Mm-hmm which sort of tied it more together and made it feel less diary style, even though it was that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it, though. It had a nice sentiment to it. Yeah. I feel like the chapters was, like, a really unique approach to the storytelling, but I felt like I sometimes got confused with, like, his journey because at the start, I think it was kind of, like, in a sequence and then it kept, like, jumping back. And I didn't really keep track on, like, the dates and stuff. So for me, it felt like... I mean, like, the clips of him alone were, like, in a sequence and it all made sense. But then the people around him that were coming in and out, I wasn't sure if they were in a sequence, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not sure if, like, the old guy was, like, came into his life early on in the, um, in his journey or not, or if it was, like, after... I don't know. It just kind of a little confusing to me. Mm. Um, okay. So should we start with our viewing experience? Yeah. I felt like that also ties in with like the cinematography and how it all like came together. Because for me, it was like very like a very relaxing movie. And it wasn't like what genre would you consider this? Like it's like a... Um... See, it is adventure, but it's not your traditional, like, fast pace, mm, yeah. like, war, gunshots, yeah. like, fighting. It's not that. But then it's um, also not a documentary. Yeah, it's like a weird mix between coming of age, adventure. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, it's quite sort of calm and laid back and slow paced. 
Um, there are some, like, not too much, like, a little more, like, faster-paced scenes. As yeah, well. like, there's some drama, like, yeah. when he goes rafting and yeah. his few near-death experiences. And, um, spoiler, the uh, actual death experience. Uh, um, it was a slow one. It wasn't, like, a fast one. It was a like, no, but it was, like, sort of the last scenes where he knew he was going to die. Mm-hmm. the way that the frame was like distorted yeah, and when yeah. you see like his mm-hmm. view and his experience and how everything was like melding together um and then like the transition between like his face the sky and his face the sky his family and those... his face with the, was the scariest thing you kept looking away yeah like i just <laughs> cut it because you just thought it was scary it's seeing it's him so die scary. yeah yeah like his face looks like haunted oh yeah the other thing is that um when he's in alaska i mean i think it's alaska yeah well but the thing is that it doesn't look that cold well no but it was snowing i think it's just because it's a change in season but then like that that's why i got confused because at some points he was up the mountain and it was like Mm. snowing and stuff and at other points yeah because you've got like three timelines to keep track of (laughs) that's why not not three but you have two but both of them are moving. Yeah, and then you've also got, like, the train ones. And then you think that he's moving, but then he's not. And then he's going back to with these people, and these people are bringing him to different places. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think generally what keeps them apart is that in Alaska, he's solo. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what I find in- interesting is that for the role, towards the end... Um, he loses a lot of weight as he can't mm-hmm. find food and he basically starves and also kind of, he eats some like poisonous some berries thing, or yeah. yeah, potato something, um, and dies of it. But like mm-hmm. as an actor, ah, oh, like, think of going through that. it must be so hard to lose all that weight because I mean, yeah. seriously, like the transformation, it's like. Like, you can see his, like, skeleton, basically. Yeah, yeah, you can see his bones. Like, barely, it's, like, barely wrapping around Mm -hmm. his body. I think one of the scariest things, honestly, was just the face. Like, the change in his face, not only in the colour and how pale he became, but just, like... The structure. Seeing, it's, like, seeing his face and his skin just, like, hang off of his, like, the bones in his face. And also, he had to, like, kill that moose oh god that was and like open him up (laughs) like i cannot do that yeah all of the stuff where he was alone alone in alaska that was all very raw and you saw his Mm. deepest like character development yeah um yeah it was very real and you saw him at his most vulnerable Mm. um yeah anything else like authentic like, it, 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 it it's like exactly the same like story it of course it was edited with like the storytelling right but it was very like as you said like very like raw and like mm. real. it felt yeah it felt really real yeah it didn't feel dramatized mm. at all and like especially the end if you think of it from like a film's perspective it's not satisfying at all if anything, it annoys the viewer because he doesn't... 
Well, I mean, we don't know exactly what his ultimate goal is, but... To go to Alaska. Yeah, but not to die in Alaska. But that's what really happened, and you have to honour the truth. Yeah. And, and like, that. sometimes you might think that that's just all, like, you know, like, glamorous or whatever. But in his diary, which we see a lot of in the movie, he reflects back on every day with, like, one or two sentences. And, like, one of his biggest regrets was, like, Killing the moose, the moose, yeah. the moose, the moose, Is it the, the moose? meese. No, the moose, the moose. That's yeah. weird. Killing the moose, and then like you know, like eating the wrong things, like reading the book wrong, and like throughout his journey, he took notes and he talked to different people, and that's how he like first knew how to like kill a bird, and then how to like eat it, and like you know, taking out the heart and like other organs mm. to make sure. Should we rate it? Say like a, like a, very ripe. I'd say ripe. Just because I mean I like slow paced stuff, but it's not like my favorite, most engaging thing. Mm. But I felt yeah. like it still kept my attention throughout, though, even though it's like so slow paced. Yeah. So next, script and story. Um, the script, <laughs> there wasn't much, let's say. For a long film, there wasn't much actual scripted um, yeah. speech. Because a lot of it is just, like, nice, long, scenic mm. shots. Um, or or very limited, like, conversation. It's a lot of expressive things. It's not very, like, conversational. No, and if anything is said, it's about Alaska. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, um, any of the conversation that we do see mm -hmm. is only what's like really relevant. Um, so if anything is said, it's like some old wisdom from Ron, the old mm -hmm. guy, or it's something that's really relevant and crucial in the story, mm -hmm. um, which I appreciate because. Sometimes you watch things and it's and whatever they're talking about isn't really relevant and it's just sort of mm. wasting time. And yeah. considering how long the film is, yeah, the bits of text are like quite insightful into mm. either the characters of the story or yeah. yeah. I feel like the way that they use like the text in the movie with like the overlays as well really like told the story like and it really brought it out because that's like kind of like his feelings and his like thoughts or like the actual person that this movie was based off of. I also enjoyed the decision to have his sister narrate the story mm. from her perspective. It's quite nice. Even though you didn't get to see much of her actually, only really in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, it's nice because she's only, she's the only person that he's really close to in her fa mm -hmm. in his family um, and so we can sort of see that closeness through her narrating his story. Yeah. It's like a truthful way. It's like from her feelings, how mm -hmm. she felt about him leaving. And like, if, for example, you had like his parents narrate it, then it would be more like, you know, kind of like more like angry and has more like, you know, like power in it. For her, it was just really like, oh... Um, it's been however many days, we don't know about him, blah, 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 and kind of like, 
updates us on how her side of the whole trip is like. And then also you have um, you have the storytelling on his part from his diaries, mm-hmm. um, which are not spoken but um, are read on the screen. And especially you see the development as he um, gets weaker, mm-hmm. his sentences get like shorter and, you know, not grammatically correct, like less words. Yeah. Like I remember one of the last things that um, he wrote was like just as he was sort of dying happiness only true when shared mm-hmm. which I think is kind of a big sort of I don't know epiphany moment for him mm-hmm. as he's striving so long to be alone and then he's like oh wait yeah I don't know this film raises a lot of questions about what makes you happy and materialism and mm-hmm. sort of the meaning of life <laughs> um but yeah He strives to be alone and then he realises that it's not worth it if he can't share his freedom and his happiness with other people. Mm -hmm. I really liked the sort of themes and um, messages the film explored though. Mm. I think it's interesting because he's, you know, he's a middle class or upper class, like suburban, Mm. normal guy went to college pretty smart got got into like harvard law something um pretty i mean from my perspective pretty typical right he shouldn't be a person to want to completely disown his family and like go off on this adventure and so yeah it's interesting to see his development from just completely abandoning like his life that he's just established and also his relationship to his parents making them happy but then completely leaving them because he doesn't care about them like it's weird how we want to honor our parents but then once we do that we completely forget about them i feel like and also the way that his parents always fight that's why he's like i'm kind of sick of this i've done all basically they wanted and He's. I feel like he's always wanted to do this, right? So, mm. I wonder if like the real story, the guy died in Alaska like that. Yeah. Did he actually die like that, or did they shorten the story by just doing that? I mean, I mean, I haven't researched it. I don't know how how true it is, but I, mm. but I imagine it's pretty true. I mean, I know the guy died. Yeah. Oh, I get it now. So it was kind of like summer and then it was like winter. It's like, this is like him, his journey, and this is like him and other people. And it goes like, the weather goes like this. Pretty. You got a cat interruption here. We have a cat interruption. Fred. You want to say anything about this? No, I don't think Freddy's relevant. Freddy, we're talking about Into the Wild. Do you want to go outside? You should want to go in the garden? No, don't. You just start the podcast with this. Oh my god. Okay. Ready? Should we write a uh, uh, script and story? Really? Like a rape? Um, I would go. Like, is it like storytelling or story? Storytelling. I mean, I would say very ripe. Or like underripe. And also, uh, the challenge with the true story is that you have to honor it, you have to be true to it. But you obviously, you're making a film, you still gotta, you know, yeah. make money off of it yeah. and 
appeal to a wider audience, right? Um, and you can't, like, make the story, like, completely different just so that yeah. it's easier for you to tell. No, I think I think they handled it very well, um, especially, like, the relation with his family and parents and also his death at the end. I thought mm-hmm. um, that was dealt with quite well. Yeah, yeah I would put very right. Mm-hmm. Acting. Ooh. That's quite good. Right. I mean, the only character we can really rate is the main guy. Because yeah. we don't see much of the others. Although, I will say, Ron has oh, a, Ron. Yeah, Ron. <laughs> a sweet spot in my heart. I mean, honestly. At the end... Old man. Uh, like, towards the end, Ron asks him um, if he'd want to be adopted by him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, can we talk about this? Like, when I come back from Alaska, and then he starts crying. <laughs> I feel like because he knows that either he's going to die before he comes or he's not going to come back because yeah. he dies in Alaska. That got me, though. I think Ron was very expressive. Um, yeah, but the... Sorry, what's the main guy's name? Wow. It... Yes. Oh, well, right, because he changed his name. Yeah, it was originally Christopher, but no, yeah, it's Alex. Alex something. Super Trump. Super Trump, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I thought Alex's acting was pretty good, especially in his sort of more high intensity scenes. Like, yeah, like actions and. Like, yeah, like action scenes. Um, to physically deal with. Yeah. And the birds. Yeah. And like. The way that his like his facial expressions was really good and like well expressed because in a lot of shots it was just like his face and you can really tell. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't feel overly like cartoonish or forced. It it, it was quite like naturalistic. I would rate that sort of right, very, very right. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in between that. Um, cinematography. cinematography. It was so beautiful, like everything, like the way that. <laughs> I love the way that, like, the rivers were shot. And there's just a lot of parts that I can talk about. There were many parts where the cinematography was, like, amazing. The first scene, it was so wide. The shot was extremely wide. Oh, with the... um, The truck coming in the snow. Yeah. And then it just jumps right into a close-up shot of the boot. And that reoccurred multiple times. For example... When he was in the truck in Alaska, it was like a wide shot of him in the truck. And then it just cuts right into like the little door, you know, and then it cuts back to the like a medium shot. It's a unique way to kind of transition from one thing to another. Um, And also that first shot literally sums up the whole film into the wild. It's like the truck is on the very edge of the, like the very edge of the shot. Yeah. Like he comes out, gets the other guy out. Yeah. Or gets his bag out. um, And then he walks out into the The white vastness, into the wild. Um, And it's like really like, there's like nothing there other than like trees. So like crisp. Yeah. I mean, the landscapes are beautiful. And also like the tracking shots that they used. Mm. It's really appropriate because it can really use tracking shots and everything, but they chose the right timing. And like the part where he, at the end, where he was looking for like the purple root potato thing plant, like that shot of him. And also, oh, the zooms. Right, yeah. And then also the lagging part that looked like it was lagging. Yeah, it oh was, my God, I couldn't tell if the TV was yeah. lagging or not. 
it was probably on purpose. So there was just a scene where he was like in the town, right? And then it was his first time back in the city after yeah. being out in the wilderness. Yeah. And then it was just this continuous shot of people's faces. It was when he was in LA. Yeah, but then towards the end of each shot, it paused on the every character. And I felt like those characters would have had like a bigger impact on the story because the longer that it stays in one person, it must mean that there's something more to it, right? But they were just normal people. I thought they were the FBI people because um, his family wanted to kind of like hunt him down, but not really. So I thought those were the FBI's, but they weren't. Yeah, so. but he, as he returned to the city for the first time, he just felt so alienated. Yeah. And it was just so foreign to him. Mm-hmm. Almost like, again, like I keep thinking of the prey analogy. Like he's the prey in the city and also toward mm-hmm. the end of the film, he changes from being the hunter, like shooting yeah. animals and eating them, to being the prey at the very end when the bear comes by. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And he's just this weak, mm-hmm. weak body just like standing yeah. helplessly in front. Yeah. Because he could have killed the bear. If he was, like, alive, right? But um, when he was in L.A., he actually wanted to sign... He wanted to get an, a new card, like, an identity card. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Rate it. I would rate it, like, overripe. I'd rate it, um... Very ripe. Direction. Honestly, it would have been, like, really hard to coordinate everything with the animals. Oh, Remember yeah. the part with the horses? Yeah. It was like running. No, but like the, I, the the part with the wolves and the eagle. Yeah. Like eating the moose. Yeah. Yeah. It like really reminded me of like documentaries, like National Geo mm. like documentaries yeah. where they had just like shots of wild animals. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. It felt really like earthly and raw and yeah. just really natural and true to how being in the wild actually mm-hmm. feels like yeah definitely like you, it, you you really felt like like you were on the ground with him mm-hmm. there um, they didn't just go into a forest and went like oh here's where we are like the trees they were like huge trees that you like really have to go in the middle of nowhere to find and also with direction i think it's really difficult to again we've talked about keep track of all the storylines and the mm. timelines yeah. um and and have that make as much sense to the audience as it can and you know considering the way they approached it i think it was pretty well done mm-hmm. with the, the chapters and the different ways of telling time like the sister narrating and his diary mm. entries so i thought that was pretty well executed mm-hmm. oh, and rated a very ripe. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Editing. Editing. That goes along with the whole storyline thing that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I feel like without like the text, it would have taken a lot out of the story. Mm-hmm. Like the text overlay of like um, his journal like entries and stuff, because that really told a lot about the story, and also. It, of course, told us, like, the date and the time and where he was. And it's really funny how they called the bus, like, the something. Uh, the magic bus? The magic bus. Yeah, it was, is like, it three that? months before the magic bus. Yeah. And also yeah, why is it magic? Because I think that's, like, it's, like, 
a random truck in the middle of nowhere and it had like fire it had and a it bed going. Yeah, it had a, like shelter for him for me the editing especially in out of the two storylines the 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 one where he's traveling around the US with and finding mm-hmm. all these different people and new friends yeah. and whatever that storyline there was a lot of compilations which um i guess you could use them as cheesy i think in this context it's not because a lot of the film is kind of about the purpose of life and mm. it's, and like wisdom yeah. and that kind of thing and so there was a lot of overlays with like travis picking guitar music and like yeah faded you know people laughing and swimming in the sea and running and freedom and we're hippies and all that kind of thing so i think that can be seen as cheesy but it's kind of that weird point where either it's really inspiring (laughs) or it's Mm. like cringy um again i think in the context it it works yeah but um yeah those little compilations of just like moments captured in time um were quite effective there were also a lot of flashbacks of the family oh, when his yeah. parents fought. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite intense. Yeah, sort of like faded color, yeah. grainy. And he also like remember when he was like cooking the moose, the meat <laughs> of the moose. He like reenacted the scenes that he remembered in his head. Mm. Yeah. Of- and he and he kept in the magic bus pretending to be his father and like reenacting mm. the fighting between his father and his mother yeah. it's weird that he went there for freedom but he also remembers these things like when he want to get it out of his head completely I mean, it's also a way of just processing it i'd say very ripe again yeah i say very ripe as well music Ooh. so there is original an original score for this film mm-hmm. which i looked up the music is by Eddie Vedder. Mm. Don't know if that's correct. The music in the trailer was really interesting. Um, in the trailer? Yeah, in <laughs> the trailer. about the film in the trailer. Yeah, yeah the, it, it was, though. It was really interesting. Um, I liked the music. I mean, it's the kind of music that I listen to anyways. And, like... <laughs> yeah. It fit really well to the movie. It was very, sort of... American countryside, mm. like really calm, yeah. relaxing. Again, guitar mm. picking. We love quite like campfire. Yeah. Um, hippie-ish, seventies-ish. Did it have some drums? I think it had some drums during like the intense, the kayaking scene. Mm. I think I don't remember, but I liked. Yeah, I like the music. I'd rate it overripe. I'd rate it a very ripe. It was good, yeah. Production, Production design. design. I think it's more like navigating <laughs> where, yeah, like navigating navigating where is the best to film, where suits this the best, where can they get the best angles? Because even if you find somewhere that has like big trees or like snowy mountains, and you and like the cinematographer can't get a right like place. How do they or lighting like uh, travel? All of their films, film, like teams, like a big truck, like I road know, trip but like trucks. how do you get to the middle of these really desolate places? I think 
I think that's why he didn't cross the river. Because uh. <laughs> the bus or the whatever can't. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's, like, a far away enough where there's, like, nobody and no cars, but also close enough for it to be, like, accessible. Yeah. Must have been also quite expensive to do all that. And especially move around to well various different places in the U.S. Compared to other movies where they have to rent places to film and, like, stuff, it's much cheaper, but also okay, the yeah. traveling fees is more expensive. Yeah. Have you watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? That whole, like, set is, yeah. like, 70s Hollywood, and it's insane because everything, every single scene, every location, it's, like, not in the yeah, real you have city. To build it all. Right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I feel but, like, but also yeah. the the production design on say that little sort of settlement of caravans mm. where they were with with Rainy and oh Is his wife Rainy, it's Rain. No, he called him Rain. Well, I don't know. Rain and uh, also one of the characters was called Sonia and um, oh yeah, I mean she was like sixteen. No, 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 that's her. That's Tracy. Sonia was the, like, Scandinavian, oh, like, yeah, nudist well, yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, when he was kayaking to the... When like, he down was to Mexico. Yeah. No, he, he, he didn't aim for Mexico. He well, aimed at okay. somewhere, and then he they told him about Mexico. I feel like that's just so, like, spontaneous. Mm-hmm. And, like, I wish we could do that. Well, you can. But I can't. You can. I can't even kayak myself. <laughs> it's too dangerous. Aww. So, Brittany, I'll go kayaking with you. Yeah. So, back to the topic. Production Quiet. design. Um, oh, you're talking about the little trucks. Oh, yeah. They just look very, like, homely. Yeah, everything was very um, authentic. Like, little towns. Mm. I feel like production, uh, very uh, overripe. Yeah. Costume. He always seems to have new clothes. Yeah, how does he have freshly washed flannels in um, the woods? Thank you. Yeah, he did wash it at Ron's house. Mm. But wasn't that a flashback? Ooh. So, like, if it went, like, journey, journey, Ron's house, journey, journey, then that would make sense. But if it went Ron's house and then the whole journey, that wouldn't really make sense. How could he fit that many clothes in his bag in the first oh, place? Oh, yeah. Can we also talk With about food? his bag? Like, he had, yeah. like, a massive thing of rice or his clothes. Yeah. His, like, fishing stuff and stuff that Ron yeah. gave him. Yeah. His bag, A, must be really heavy, and B, is massive to fit all of that. Yeah, I know, right? But, you know, the life of a traveler. Mm-hmm. Um, a backpacker. Yeah, I mean, costume wasn't very exciting or anything. It, it was just was everyday suitable for yeah what he was doing. It, it didn't stand yeah. out or anything. The colors didn't match. Oh, <laughs> I should really just say underripe for this man. Oh, she's harsh. I mean, okay, like, no, what else? I'll go with it. I'll go with that because like everything else is so good. Okay, yeah. Final thoughts. Oh wow, pretty good. Would definitely recommend this. Like honestly, like it's such. An inspirational movie, just having the thought of doing that myself, maybe one day, probably with someone else, not that much far off in the world. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it's like moderately family friendly. Depends on how. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. If you sort of, if you take out the extremes, it's very applicable to you know anyone's life, really. Mm. Um, and I think especially for young people, for people just out of school or college, I think it's good to question why you're doing what you're doing. Because that's really what he does. He just takes a look at his life and he's like, no, I'm going to pause. I'm going to stop all of this. And I'm going to figure out who I am, what I want to do with my life. Yeah. And I need to be alone to do that. And I think there's too much distraction in this world that we don't do that ever, really. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's good that this movie makes you question, do I really need to follow the norm? Will it make me happy? I mean, he literally, he burns money in the first, like, scene. He said, I don't need money. Um, And, like, you don't need much more than leaves and berries. And obviously I'm not saying Mm -hmm. go out and live off of leaves and berries. But I think it's good that this film makes you question your needs, your wants, your purpose. Um, Yeah. Because really, in the wild, he, he didn't use money. He didn't need money. No. Other than the possibility of buying a plane ticket to Alaska, which he didn't do, you really didn't need money because money wouldn't bring you anything. But then also it sort of comes back the other way because we find out that, you know, what eventually kills him is being alone Mm -hmm. and that, you know, he can't reach out to anyone to help him. And so, you know, I think it's important for people to be alone, Mm -hmm. to face themselves. But... The film also explored human relationships, parental relationships, yeah. friends, mentors, all these kind of things. And I, and I liked that it did that, but predominantly through the lens of being alone. And also with like decision-making as well. It's kind of like he is free to go anywhere he wants. And then making that decision to go down to Mexico when it's the opposite side of Alaska... You know yeah. what I mean? And, he was very yeah. impulsive and free. I think that's quite admirable. But also with, like, the food. Yeah. Like, how he can keep his food for, like, you know, like, not eat it all in a day. And, like, the rice, mm-hmm. how he portions it out. Again, I said this before, but I think it's just amazing that, as it's a real story, like, this is from a guy that went to uni. Yeah. He, you know comes from a good family not that this is a bad thing to do but being so reckless and rebellious not coming from a nomad family or you know history is quite shocking Mm. and also he was really young when he left for the journey yeah you know he was like i don't know 22 21 and he persisted like many different challenges like you know he went through a lot before he went to Alaska. Yeah, I, I like the film because even though it obviously took it to the extreme, I felt like it was still applicable to my life. The themes of travel, being alone, your purpose, it's quite universal. Yeah, definitely. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. If you haven't, go check out our other podcast episodes on spotify apple music anchor soundcloud and we hope to 
see you back here next time yeah or we hope that you will listen to us next time yeah which sounds weird (laughs) um so yeah that's all and goodbye bye